Happy business birthday to Robert Adler. This is the focus group. It's the savvy side of nine to five. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the focus group with Tim Bennett. S T A U N C H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. La, 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 la. We're at our Christmas set, our holiday set. What's poli- are we politically correct, Mr. Nash? Christmas set. Christmas set. Because Thank- there's Christmas presents behind me, and there's a Christmas tree behind me. Look at how you, you match there with the, uh, if you're watching on the video, look at how John's kind of blending into the window with the snowfall. <laughs> all we need is one of our marketing partners to slide off the road in the ice. <laughs> Be all set. Hey, welcome to the Focus Group. It's December, December 4th, actually. And I'm um, Tim Bennett here, as always, with John T. Nash, my good friend and co-host, as we plow through toward the end of the year. And uh, be sure to find us at focusgroupradio.com. And uh, thanks to all those that are listening to our podcast, which is TFG Unbuttoned, which is on Tuesdays in the morning. But uh, you can find this show and all of our past shows and the podcast at focusgroupradio.com. So I mentioned Robert Adler in the beginning of, of the, uh, the tease. Do you know look, what Robert Adler did without cheating, or did you look ahead? I didn't look ahead. Do you know who Robert, Robert Adler is? Boys in the booth, we've got, we've got uh, Garrett and Steve with us. Do you guys know who Robert Adler is without looking ahead? No clue. And look, Garrett's wearing his, his Christmas hat. Oh, you do? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> See, Steve does Steve's that. Steve's catching on. Yeah, he's... Garrett's got his Santa hat on. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. About as much enthusiasm as the Macy's Santa Claus. Wouldn't he be yeah. a good Santa Claus? You'd be a good Santa Claus, Garrett. I could see you at the at the, at Macy's. the Macy's now. Yeah. Can you imagine? Come here, kids. Sit on my lap. <laughs> I go through them quickly. <laughs> Make the most money, you know. That's how you do it, right? You yeah. get your pictures taken. <laughs> Robert Adler was the inventor of. Well, is credited with inventing the uh, remote control for TV. Oh, okay. So we'll learn about him later. We'll learn about him later. Actually, during the opening. Uh, Tim teased Robert Adler, and then he looks at me and goes, "Well, this is a hardcore show. It's a boring show." Well, well I well, we don't want to set it up like that right away. But I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I looked at. I thought there were some pretty heavy topics on the show today, and I thought, well, I don't know. I don't know if they're heavy. Maybe they're clinical, educational. I don't know. They were select. They were selected for precise reasons. Curated, suppose. I, yeah. I guess whatever they were, I just felt like I looked at it and I thought the most exciting thing on here was the inventor of the remote control. So that's what I led with. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, you know, if you want to reach out to us, by all means, drop us a note at letters at focusgroupradio.com. And uh, we can't respond to everything, but we do love hearing from everybody. And I think I, I want to make a routine of this if we keep getting enough notes from people. We heard from a listener in Texas. Texas, our biggest market, by the way. Thank yeah. you, Texas. And I think this is our listener who sends us the Oreo care packages, you oh. know, for, so we can sample things. And and so he sent me this funny note. It was after one of the days we did our deep discount read. And you know, I always do uh, Sharky the Shark for deep discount. I always do the pirate. Arr! So this note comes in. He says, the marketing team for a San Antonio-based grocery chain, H-E-B, must be taking its inspiration from TFG's deep discount promos. Did you all get a royalty check? So I clicked on and I watched this ad and I watched it a couple times because it made me laugh. But I thought, wow, this is local advertising local using a sports team. So Steve's going to cue it up for what us. What do we have here. it? Yeah, we have the, we, I think we have the link. Yeah, here it is. Wow. 
H-E-B seafood is really good. I love the fresh salmon. Yeah, I could eat these bacon-wrapped shrimp poppers and scallops all day. Sushi is my favorite. Hold up, I just thought of an idea for a new H-E-B seafood commercial. Ahoy, mateys! <laughs> Guess me favorite letter. R! <laughs> no! My power's first love is the C! <laughs> Are you out of your mind? Probably. H-E-B seafood and sushi. <laughs> Right here, then Gary would go. Thanks, right here. Thanks, HEB. <laughs> so what's what's a pirate? What's a pirate's favorite letter? R. <laughs> no, C for seafood. I just laughed because I thought they didn't do such a bad job. Athletes don't make the best actors. No, look at Lance Armstrong. And you had that experience. What what was the car shoot you were on when he was trying? And you had, you changed you 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 eliminated all his lines. All his lines. He had one line at the very end of the car at the end. It was about uh, we've created a monster, and it was about how this engine and and the performance and the power of the car. And he had trouble delivering the lines. And uh, so at the they they're like, well, how are we going to use Lance? And I said, why don't we just have him come in at the very end for the last second and say boo, boo. So that's what he did. Was Karen on that set when then she oh, yeah. called you from, uh, yeah. No, we were out there together, so it's like, you know, we've created a monster, boo. <laughs> That's how he was doing it? Yeah. So that was that. Martina had, Martina was better. Some of the other, some of the other athletes. I don't think athletes, that's their, not their natural. No, that's not their thing. That's not their thing. Some, some become yeah. very good at being pitch men or, uh, you know. But I think a mistake people make is that, is it believable that, it, it could it could be believable that Martina drove a Subaru? She, she didn't. She did. Oh, <laughs> I thought she did. Yeah, she liked another car better. But you know, these athletes drive very, very expensive, super performance cars. Um, she liked the brand. Lance liked the brand, but this wasn't the brand that they would go out and buy. Yeah, and it's the yeah. same with Tiger Woods. Do you really think Tiger Woods is driving a Buick? Actually, no. you bring up something funny. Whenever I watch the Buick ads in general, there is this the latest campaign is people like this guy and his wife go to the valet. Yeah. Is that your car? No, that's my car. Is that No, my car is the one over there that used to be the European car that's now badged a Buick. <laughs> that's they basically it took they took the Opals and made yeah. them Buicks. It's the same thing with uh what's the other guy's name that uh, is out there? Matthew McConaughey driving a Lincoln. Do you really think he's driving a Lincoln? <laughs> I love those ads because it's so Matthew McConaughey. One of my favorites is he's on some ferry boat and it's crossing like Puget Sound or something. And he's like, the journey begins, da, 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 and then the car takes off. I'm like, they're, they're not handsome cars in my opinion. I don't think they're bad looking, but I, I, I think you make a mistake. And, and this is what happens in the C-suite is people get themselves all hung up about wanting to have a celebrity promote mm -hmm. your product. Yep. But it has to be believable. And I, you know, you could stretch that Lance with his performance in Subaru was believable. Martina, because of Martina and Subaru, was believable. But the reality was that... Didn't we do... Didn't you and I once... Sell a key if you give her enough money. <laughs> didn't you and I once do... I think years and years ago when we were on satellite, you and I did a... Um, we reviewed an article that looked at the economic impact of a of a athletic or... An athlete or celebrity pitch person. Right. Minimal. Yeah. Apparently, you know, the C-suite thinks it's the glow of the personality. It's going to rub off. And I think maybe that might be more true in cosmetics. Like if you look at the Kardashians or something. Yeah, something that and, – and you and in a product like that, you could buy a $10 lipstick and not like it and it's okay. Or buy a $3 candy bar, $2, $1 candy bar, or even a $100 pair of sneakers. 
But you're not going to buy a thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar car and say, "Ooh, I made a mistake," and take it back. <laughs> so, there's a difference between doing an impulse purchase or doing some sort of vanity. What was Tiger Woods purchase? shilling before he uh, before the the big break he took? Was it Lincoln as well? No, it was Buick. It was Buick. Okay, it was yeah. Buick. And so, I but so, I don't even know how we got on this. But oh, it was oh, the H E B. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they used an they, I think they effectively used a local team, yeah. and those guys deliver it like the team would. Yeah. They didn't make them do anything crazy, and then they put them in a costume in front of a, a pirate set, and laughs ensue. So now we're gonna shill. <laughs> yeah, but we like we have, this. We have a, uh, a new partner of ours here, Hawthorne, which if uh, you go check them out at h a w t h o r n e dot c o co so it's dot co hawthorne dot dot co and it's a uh, a men's line of grooming products that john and i have been using i'm all hawthorned up today i use the the conditioner in the shower i use the soap finally i do like the it soap up and i'm going to say something about the soap i love the smell i've got an issue with soap in general now the soap bars sometimes they make them too big my hands aren't i got big hands unlike trump but sometimes the bar is a little big. That's a big bar. Okay. You notice it's a big bar? Yes. And it yes. smells good, but I dropped it a couple of times. I almost broke my toe. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's a, it's a large bar. A large bar. So in our household, we have two people who use that. So it will not stay that size forever. Ours is now down to a much more manageable size. Um, and I'm actually thinking, when should I reorder the soap? Because I really like it a lot. Yeah, I do like the soap too. Um, and as Tim said, uh, you go to hawthorne.co.co. Uh, you take a two-minute quiz, basically, and they ask you about your grooming habits, and they recommend a variety of their products for you: uh, aluminum-free deodorant that's all natural. Um, you had the, you got the conditioner. conditioner. I got the shampoo, which I love, and you only have to use a very little amount. Lathers up really fine, and it's. I only wash. I mean, I rinse my hair every day, but I don't put shampoo in it. Maybe two. And they actually ask you that: how many times right. do you put shampoo in your hair? And then we did scents, and I got work and play, and I think we the work is my favorite, which reminded you of um, an Hermes cologne, right? Right. Well, my my work one was reminded me of an Hermes cologne. They don't make anymore, but my play one I like, and it was funny. I had it on the other day. And, uh, and Richard mentioned it because I, I didn't tell him I had gotten this, but um, he recognized the smell. And then I was sitting in the chair and I thought, you know, I like candles and scents and all you kinds are of stuff. Very, yeah. So I'm sitting there and I thought, I wonder what that smell is. That smells pretty good. And then I realized it was from <laughs> it was my you. shirt was it the was cologne. You. It was my Hawthorne cologne. So. And then we've been talking about the soap, which I really love as well. And uh, so if you go to hawthorne.co and uh, you take the quiz and you end up buying uh, or getting this, uh, you know, product... By all means, use the code FOCUS, F-O-C-U-S, to get 10% off your purchase. The packaging's amazing. It came really quickly. And, um, and if you want to get it as a gift, you don't necessarily have to take the quiz. You could also just do a gift, and you still get the 10% the, uh, off as your first purchase. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. so so if you don't take the quiz, you could handpick things. You could like, decide what you wanted to do if you wanted to get somebody the soap or if you wanted to do it. Or, well, the hey, clone, really, I think the, the quiz... Because in terms of when they ask you about things you like smells of and the do you like leather, do you like citrus, do you like these sort you know, the wood smell, that sort of thing really helps with the cologne. But I think if you wanted to do a gift pack, you could also just get a code probably and then you okay. can, somebody can go order themselves. So it's hawthorne.co, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. The code from our show to get 10% off your first order is FOCUS, F-O-C-U-S. I'm just going to say, I think Tim gave a good recommendation. If you're not going to do the quiz, which may be a little, you're right, but maybe more oriented towards the scent of the colognes, definitely try the soap, 
try the shampoo. You'd like the conditioner. Deodorant. And the deodorant's fantastic. And you could try the uh, the cologne as well. But um, thank you to Hawthorne.co for being with us. And I, I highly recommend that everybody try it. F-O-C-U-S is the code. So. So you got that. You got that. What caught your eye this week? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John Santa found. Claus sleeping? <laughs> Well, what caught my eye was this strange survey that came out of IBM. And the reason it's strange is because the headline says it all. IBM says, our Mac using employees outperform Windows users in every way. Read that again. Our, our Mac using employees outperform Windows users in every way. IBM published the results of an internal experiment that undoubtedly sent Apple's sales teams leaping in joy. Since launching its Mac at IBM program, which allowed users a choice in which computer platform they preferred, the company has tracked the results. Said results have been quite favorable for the Mac, using IBM staffers in multiple metrics. Now, the author says, first, keep in mind that these results are being revealed at the JAMF Nation User Conference. JAMF is a software platform for administering Apple devices. So that's a good news story for a company that's actually doing stuff with Apple. The company isn't just announcing this out of the blue. It's making a statement of support from the stage of a major software partner. That doesn't mean these statements are wrong, but it's an important context for evaluating their accuracy. So according to IBM, one staff member, so one of their support staff people, can support 5,400 Mac users, while the company needed one staff member per 242 PC users. Only 5% of Mac users called the help desk for assistance compared with 40% of PC users. Uh, this year, supposedly 22% more Mac OS users exceeded expectations in performance reviews compared with Windows users, while high-value sales deals tend to be 16% larger for Mac OS users. Mac users also have a higher net promoter score of 47.5 versus 15 and are 17% less likely to leave IBM. Mac users are also happier with third-party software availability at IBM, according to IBM's own press release. But given that IBM hasn't released the full data set, it's kind of hard to see if this is actually all, you know, 100% true. So net-net, um, IBM basically thinks that their staff that use Macs are better performers and generally better workers. Do you think it's because the Windows, there's so many more people using Windows? Possibly, yeah. And then they also said here that the people that raise their hands for the Mac, so if someone, if the if the pro if the company says, "Hey, you have a choice. Right. You could use Apple, or you could use you could use Macintosh OS, or you could use Windows." This guy thinks that there are certain people in pro certain professions who probably always liked Mac. They're probably good performers. They're probably good employees. They're probably he literally says they're probably at the upper end of the the employment spectrum. So he thinks all the data is skewed anyway because it's, right. they're, they're people who would normally go for it. That's the only reason I have Apple products is because when I got my first computer, which I think you bought me as a housewarming gift. That's right. That little globey it thing. The, I, it was one of the first With the IMAX. neck on it. Yeah, it has a, the base with the stick. And ever since then, I kept I kept Apple products because that's what you introduced you had a You had a kind of a funny transition because you were so used to the keyboard. Well, yeah. And, and because that's what 90% what of corporate America, America uses, uses yeah. Windows-based programs. But I just always felt that the Apple stuff was more secure than the Windows stuff, meaning that you weren't getting viruses as much or... 
the, the, a lot of that window-based stuff that I used to use back when I worked in corporate America seemed to get viruses and things a lot. Would that be my imagination? Yeah. And then, of course, there's the day we came here to the studio and one of the hosts, I think it was Bill, <laughs> he had a MacBook Air and he would open his web. Remember Bill, the yeah. morning show guy? <laughs> so he opens his MacBook and tick, 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 all these windows start like pop, like hundreds of windows. And he had a malware. He had like a, but that's so rare. Like I, I don't see that often on the Mac side. But I think it's more it's more prevalent oh, on, the, on the Windows yeah. side. I mean, they used to have stuff all the time. I brought a huge... Remember Holly Raymer? Yeah. So she had asked to use, because I was one of the few people at Subaru that had a laptop. And just to make a long story short, she took it to her school for MBA class at Wharton and got a virus on it. And so when I plugged it in, by lunchtime, I essentially shut down Subaru. And they had signs in the elevator, do not open any emails from Tim Bennett. They had it all over the place. Wait, I don't know this story. Oh my God, it was a nightmare. I've heard so many stories. She loaded up this whole thing and then, and I still remember, I was mortified. I was embarrassed because everybody was laughing at me. And here I loaned it to Holly as a favor, this employee who worked for me. And then to make matters worse, it was do not open anything from him, do not open anything from him. And I went down to the PR person, you know, Rob. Uh-huh. And there was an email that I thought was from Steve Rosen, who worked with us when we did LGBT stuff. But it wasn't Steve Rosen. It was Rosen a deal that had sent something and then again shot it, went infected everyone else's machines again. So they finally literally just took took the machine away from me. <laughs> they had to do a complete purge. They had to put your machine in a white room, <laughs> get it all cleaned up. <laughs> My friend Kate thought that was the funniest thing. She goes, there were signs in the elevator. I said, every elevator, every hallway, do not open emails from Tim Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> they had to use the sneaker network. You had to go to Denise Ron and do like, Denise, I was going to send you an email, but here. Um... <laughs> Well, mine is a little th – this happened a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if they voted on it. I don't think they voted on it yet because I've been following it along. But the headline caught my attention. Religious exemption bill that allows students to give wrong answers in school passes the Ohio House. So this is in Ohio. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. A religious exemption bill that allows a student to give a wrong answer. Wrong answer. And you won't be you won't be penalized. I know where this is. I think I know where this is going. So anyway, I put a, if you're watching on the video, I posted some pictures. There's the dinosaur exhibit on the Ark on Noah's Ark, which we wanted to go to on one of our road trips, right? So you know, anyone who knows anything knows there were not dinosaurs then, but apparently there were a couple dinosaurs on the Ark. That's the Kentucky exhibit, Mitch, Mitch, in Mitch's hometown. And then a quote from Bill Bill Maris. So essentially, what happened is the Ohio House has passed a bill that would allow students to give wrong answers in school without being penalized as long as those answers are an expression of their religious beliefs. So, for example, if a student said in their homework that the Earth is only 10,000 years old, which is about 4.5 billion off, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but because this person believed, based upon their religious beliefs, that the Earth is only 10,000 years off, or 10,000 years old, the teacher would not be able to take points off because that's the student's religious belief. Wow. Okay. So this, now, this so now we're in a theocracy. Now we have to have teachers that are schooled in the Bible, right, or religious studies. And so my big question was, which wasn't answered in this article, does this count for non-Christian religious answers? So if I'm a, if I'm Hindu or I'm Muslim or I'm Jewish or, 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 or I have or a different belief, your Church of the Focus group. 
So, and we have our own set of facts, so they, right? Well, they accept non-Christian religious answers. So, you know, here we go on the slippery slope, right? Yeah. So the uh, all the Republicans voted for it, of course, Naturally. no surprise. This is the Ohio. This is Ohio. One of the one of the senators, state senators, Timothy Gintner from Ohio, said, though, you're missing the whole point of the of the of the legislation. He said the point is that it would allow a student to turn a report in on Moses if they had to do a re research on a historical figure. And since there's no information about Moses outside of religious context, that this person could do a report on Moses and it would be acceptable, acceptable though it is only hypothetical as to Moses's existence. So is this all, is this all about Moses? I mean, like that, that example, or we, we, you know, we've seen Moses represented in cinema, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but, but, the unintended consequences of that thinking. Slippery slope. Yeah, it's, it, well, slippery, it, it's it's like. Noah, let me do, I want to do a, a, pick a historical figure. I'm going to do a, do a paper on Noah, right? Yeah. He built an ark. So anyway, they said, the Ohio Democrats said that the bill uh, doesn't make any sense because religious freedom is already protected in the constitution. They said this just creates a, uh, a whole different issue for, for schooling and education. They're trying to fight it. And they said this is anti-science. It's um, confusing. Yeah. But it's a theocracy, right? I mean, and that's why I asked the question. So if I was one of the, the senators or somebody in the state, I would say that's fine if you want to, you're going to allow religious answers on tests. But are you? is it all religions or am there I just go. doing Christian? Here's an example. Uh, let's say there's a child who's assigned, whose parents are a Scientologist, and they want to do a paper on Xenu. Right. Who the hell is Xenu? Well, Xenu is the guy or the alien. Came here and landed in a lava pit. <laughs> With all the, the, the souls from somewhere else that came. And I got to I gotta say, I love when you find these things because this takes, and you and I were talking about this at lunch before the show today, about our upbringing and about schools and about gym class and playground antics. Could you imagine, like, I can't even imagine our schooling, how different it would have been if teachers had to deal with this. I mean, already they're dealing with disciplinary issues, home issues. You know, our, we were not, our teachers just taught, and the teachers used to discipline us. Yeah, you can't do that now. My niece got kicked so hard the other day. She teaches a, a preschool, and the kid bruised her so badly. I said, I would not be a good teacher right now. She essentially babysitting is what you're doing. Yeah, a lot of these yeah. teachers, and she's in the inner city, which I don't want to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stereotype, but I will. But she's in the inner city, and she said, I'm just trying to make sure the kids come in and they're clean and they slept and they had something to eat before we even get to the point so of- They could learn. Right. Yeah. And you can't even get to the learning piece because there's so much dysfunction, which is so sad. Which is why a lot of young people have not chosen to go into the teaching profession. Well, you know, my mom the other day, uh, she went on a, I was talk, talking to her because she had her heart valve surgery and she's sounding much better and much more energetic. And she was talking about a teacher that I had either in Memorial or at freshman year. I don't remember the name. It was Mrs. Poole or something like that. My mom, she said she was the nastiest English teacher and then she recounts this story where yeah, like she downgraded a paper I did. She was downgrading Lisa's work. It was every student. She hated every, it wasn't just us. But she didn't like my mom and she didn't like us because we my done. mom taught in the school. So one day this woman was a pro, like she was a golfer. And she was sick one day. 
A week later, the local paper had a picture of her winning a tournament, a golfing oh. tournament, oh. and she, <laughs> and the day she, she was been... sick. So my mom and a bunch of other teachers went to the principal's office, slapped the paper down, and they actually, bat, they actually rescinded pay for the day. <laughs> my mom posted on the my mom board. said that was a happy teachers' lounge. <laughs> All the knives out, right? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do anything. Now there was one teacher we had that I remember the girl chewing gum, and they taped it to her nose. The teacher took tape and taped it to her. She had to wear it all day. And now you would, right, you couldn't do that now. How about the time when I got my paper handed back to me in a plastic bag? A Ziploc. Ziploc bag. It was because it was poo. Tell me SHIT shouldn't be touched. <laughs> now, I thought it was funny. The class thought it was funny. Now, can, uh, now, can you imagine now if that happened? There was all. all well, how was, that, how was this? You, was it John Moodry? You had John Moodry in Southbury, oh, yeah. right? Well, he yeah. ended up coming over to Memorial for a while. And I had him in for English one year. And he. My he sees my mom one day, and he and this my mom said this would never happen nowadays. So she he sees her my mom in the hall and goes, Carol, Carol, I got to talk to you about something. She goes, What is it, John? She goes, That boy of yours, John, he, he can't spell, <laughs> and if he can't spell, he's going to be a dunce for the rest of his life. We got to get him. Now imagine telling a parent that nowadays they'd flip out, whatever. But my mom came home. She says, You know, John says Mr. Mudry says you can't spell. So I just sit with her and I... You know what's funny about that? Because you've read ever since you were a little kid. Yeah. So you would think that that would translate, no? You could read, but you can't spell. You know what made me a superb speller, actually, was my first job out of college. I was a type typesetter, typographer. So I would be coding stuff. And every word that I came across that I didn't really understand or something, I had to look up. So I ended up learning. I really oh am quite a good speller now. But he was right. I was a terrible speller. I could read perfectly yeah, you fine. just can't pronounce. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> Business birthdays, Mr. Adler today. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings. But the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Born December 4th, 1913. He died February 15th in 07 at 93. In one of our favorite new cities, John, in Boise, Idaho. We love Boise. We had a great time in Boise. But uh, Robert Adler, and uh, he's credited with inventing the very first um, usable remote control. There were a couple of remote controls that were made earlier, but they were fraught with issues. One of them, I was laughing about what they said. So one of them had a huge cable on it, and people would trip over the cable. So the so cable ran to the TV. The cable ran to well, the that's TV. That's hardly what I call remote. but <laughs> They called it remote because you could sit and it ran a long okay. cable. Then other okay. ones were using different types of technology, um, almost like a flashlight, and a light would change it. But if it was sunny out and sun came in, the it would TV would the... just flip. Flip, 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 flip. So that one didn't work. So then they did another one, which um, had radio waves, and that one was rejected because you could turn off the TV and the neighbors. Okay, okay. Yeah. So he ended up coming up with uh, with his remote, and there was another guy um, with him at the time that uh, developed this together, and um, and I'll find out his name shortly. But uh, oh, Poli was his last name, P O L L E Y. And they, they were both credited with coming up with the remote. But uh, he left Austria when he was a young, young kid uh, after the Nazis had annexed it and made his way to the United States. And this is one of these great stories of, you know, here this makes his way here. Ended up having a long career at Zenith. Uh, Zenith when it was American-made television, American right? television. So he invented and kept approving on the... Uh, on the remote control, the one that he and Poli did together ended up lasting for 25 years, up until quite recently. Whoa, whoa 25 years. Yeah, it was the technology, the technology was, was that good. From the uh, probably from the late 50s to the to the 80s, 
there were no royalties at stake, they said. So both they credited both men with this wireless uh, re remote creation. He's, he himself, he says he didn't watch much TV. He wasn't a TV watcher. But, um, and he feels that he had a bunch of other, he had over 200 other patents at Zenith. A lot of them were related to sound or to tubes or to quality of picture. They have lots of scientific but names. This is the one that- uh, This is the one obviously that everybody um, everybody leans on It's a game to. changer if you're right. The funny, the funny thing is that Adler was Jewish, but he would mark the annual approach of Christmas in the early years at Zenith with an informal concert on the building's public address system. He would twist the dials of an audio oscillator and play Christmas carols. <laughs> the good old days. You Scientist fun, yeah. And uh, he was awarded the Edison Medal. Um, he also was awarded an Emmy Award from the National Academy of TV and Arts and Sciences. And uh, his last patent was filed on October 6, 2006, right before his death for touch screen technology. And uh, the patent was received, but uh, it happened after he had died, the patent was granted. As we said, he died in Boise, Idaho at age 93. Happy birthday, Robert Adler, inventor By the way, of the remote control. 93, good long life. And he could actually sit, well, when he was alive, he could look backward and say, wow, I really did something. I got these awards and I created this thing. You imagine create, it's like the person who created the windshield wiper, right? Or something like there that. There's a movie about that. The variable speed motor. For, yeah. Remember there's a whole thing about the auto industry and how they could never figure that out. Someone did and there was a whole big. His family did that out of DuPont. Really? My friend Kate. That's. I think they still get a penny a wiper. Some crazy thing. You think about that for a minute, you know, adds up. Well, we're not doing any. I want us to do a few things. <laughs> I'm working on it, Tim. I'm working on it. So those of you who know us here know that our friends at Deep Discount have been with us for uh, quite a while, really since we've since we've come over here almost on uh, on our video platform. Yep. And uh, be sure to go over to focusgroupradio.com and click on the Deep Discount logo and start shopping away as John does his little shark thing. Arr, sharky. Right now they've got... Um, They've got a sale going on for Cyber Week as we head into uh, Christmas. And uh, there's a sale going on at Cyber, it's called the Cyber Week sale, as I'm tongue twisted here. And John had selected a movie for both of us. Oh, and that's, it's, because, it's because of the new release. Of the so yeah, so there's a theme here. We'll back into the theme. So I picked um, I, Claudius on DVD. Why did I pick this? Okay, this is an epic BBC series that spans the history of the Roman Empire from Augustus through to Claudius a stuttering scholar who learns early to play the fool and stay alive. And it's based on two novels by Robert Graves, I, Claudius, and Claudius the God. I highly recommend the books, by the way. Robert Graves, I remember reading those in one week on vacation, the two of them, and I loved them. You're kidding me. I love them. They're really well done. Historical, they really thick? Yeah, well, historical fiction. But it's so compelling because he did such a great job with the characters. You to read that. Didn't you have to read it in grade school, didn't you? Mm, high school, maybe. Like for eighth, I, yeah, grade? for I, Claudius. Um, Derek Jacobi plays uh, Claudius, the emperor. And there, it's got a great cast. John Hurt's in it. Um, Patrick Stewart. Who played, uh, who played Caligula there was um, John... Where is it? Uh, I just saw his name. Anyway, um, <laughs> the reason we picked this is it because it's political intrigue and political drama, and it's the Roman Empire. But we did this because what's the new release? This the new release has two titles, really. So the new release is something that I'm surprised you and I never got into. But oh, I've watched. Uh, I watched. Oh, I thought you didn't yeah. like it. Well, I, I dropped off at season 
at the end of season six. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. so you were involved. Game of Thrones, the complete eighth season is on Blu-ray. And um, everybody I know, I, I think I'm the only person that you guys Game of, Thrones Game of Thrones fans. Have you watched this? Uh yeah. Nope. <laughs> Love Garrett. <laughs> Garrett and I, in another life, Garrett and I were married. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. Right, Garrett? Maybe this one. <laughs> hey, listen, stranger things have happened. So I, I was, uh, I was a, I loved it. Um, and uh, if you strip away the dragons and the sword fighting and the gore, at core, it's a political drama. Right. Which is why I selected I, Claudius as our thing. So they have the Game of Thrones, a complete eighth season on Blu-ray, and they also have the Game of Thrones, a complete series on Blu-ray. And I didn't know this. It holds a record as the most awarded series in yep. television history. Yep. So the complete series includes all 73 episodes um, of the eight eight season uh, series, I and loaded with extra content. I is it something I would like? I'll tell you this: is it a science fictiony? It's fantasy. Yeah. The world that uh, the the world that R.R. Uh, R. Martin created, uh, Westeros, the the fictional planet slash like continent. The well, it might as well be on some levels because he created a whole world and a whole land and a whole system and a whole political thing, but it's feudal. Yeah. Meaning it's kings and queens and castles and knights and dragons. and But the dialogue's great. A lot of the acting's fantastic. And it's a complex political, at the core, it's complex. Because I, I talked to my mom one day about it, and she loves this show. And I said, Mom. Really? I, and she goes, honey, if you get past the heads getting chopped off and the blood. <laughs> so my mom said it. She goes, at the core, she goes, it's a great political drama. Good so versus I, evil? Good ver well, um yeah, but that's the beauty of the uh, Game of Thrones. Whose agenda is what is always a, is always a rolling yeah. So uh, head on over to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the deep discount logo to start your shopping. Uh, we get credit for that, so we thank you for doing that. And uh, it's Cyber Week sale, which on top of winter site-wide sale, everything's on sale. Great time to buy some stuff over at Deep Discount for the holidays. We recommended... Uh, I, Claudius, on DVD. It's a f very, very famous BBC show. Great cast. Um, it's staged sort of like a theatrical play. You, you've not watched uh, Game of Thrones, uh, I, Claudius, right? Not in a long time. Long, uh, so I, it used to be on PBS back in the day. And we did that because the release this week are two things. The complete eighth season. So if you've collected seasons one through seven, you could pick up season eight of Game of Thrones. Or... If you don't have any of the previous seasons, now's your time to get the complete series on Blu-ray. And I would say, if you haven't seen it, this is the way to see it. You have it all. You go all the way through. You don't have to wait years to see what's happening. Binge it. Binge it, yeah. So uh, what do we say, Garrett? Thanks, Deep Discount. All right. We're going to take a super quick break. And when we come back, we have a shop talk for you here on the Christmas set. So stay with us. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Hey, welcome back to the Focus Group. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John Nash. It's December 4th, and we've bro broken out our Christmas set. Broken out Christmas. Broken out Christmas. I love our Christmas set, I, or our holiday set. I, you I, found I, this. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of think we should use it year, all year long. 
you know what? If I have a, if I could figure out a way to replace, to change that background to like green and blue sky, yes. I wonder if you could do that. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a way. Yeah, I'll, I'll puzzle over it. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Disney had come out with uh, its own streaming service, right? Highly anticipated. It's called Disney. It's already Plus. been hacked too, apparently. Oh, the usernames have but, been hacked, Jim. But. So John had found this article about the reality. There's so many of these streaming services now, whether you have Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, and the reality of, oh, I'm going to cut the cable or I'm, I'm not going to have such a big cable bill. I'm going to sign up for these streaming services, which could end up being six, seven, ten, twelve, fifteen dollars a month. Yeah. And someone said, if you add them all up, where are you? Now, the only fault I had with this article, you know what it is. Well, what the, the un, uh, and to augment what Tim just said, if you added them up, where are you? And if you take it out several years and you were putting money in streaming services and you weren't putting it in, let's say, a savings account, well, specifically right. the stock market, they actually give you a number that you are missing out on on invested uh, earnings. Right, which is which. So I thought first, was, let's hear what your problem was. No, what I what I thought was absurd. So you're right. They said if you would, if the cal the calculator adds up the costs over fifty years. Well, listen, you really think you're going to be watching Netflix or Amazon Prime or something in fifty years? You're not going to watch it in one year. I anticipated this question. I was reading the article and I thought Tim is going to zero right in on because that. Because it makes no sense. We were, none of this was around three years ago. But you've been paying a cable bill. Exactly. For most of your adult life. We'll be paying something else. I mean, the guy who came to look at my cable the other day said, you're not going to have any hardware in the house. Pretty soon it's just going to come in on a wave and you pick and choose what you want. So things are changing, changing, changing. Right, right. Anyway, but my complaint about this thing was if I did this 50 years, of course, it's like saying I get a new iPhone every year, right? That means I've spent $100,000 on iPhones in 50 years. Well, they well, have. guess what? Well, look, here, I'll read the paragraph. Take someone paying for Netflix's standard subscription and hulu with no add-ons that person is looking at a monthly bill of 1898 and a lifetime aggregate cost so this is someone let's say it's a it's a 20 year old who's doing this because you if 50 they'd be 70 and lifetime that's 19 like the people we know that sell earthlink yeah well yeah nineteen thousand two hundred sixty four dollars factoring the factoring in the opportunity cost, as represented by how much money could have been made investing that money in the S&P 500 over those years, and the lifetime cost balloons to a staggering $87,000. So if you're spending $19,000 over a 50-year period and you're not investing that, you've lost out on that investment generating $87,000 worth of a return. Now tack on Disney Plus and you're looking at $25,97 a month or $26,000 over a lifetime or 119000 you didn't make in the stock market. Was this the Debbie Downer Gazette? I mean, where did this come out? Market Watch. So it's <laughs> a financial thing. thing. Debbie Downer you Gazette. Know, this was part of a broader... So every year, Market Watch does these things around December. Make you feel bad about the money you spent. Or take the bad out, and just to make you think about the money you spent, and to say, what if I got rid of this and this? So we have a landline up at the country house. Get rid of it. Finally, we're parking the number because we didn't want to lose the why number. Park it? Well, I found a service that does it. Because well, why keep it? For a year, I'm having messages come in, and if anything, if I after a year of two dollars a month, so I'm thinking, okay, twenty four dollars, I could live with that. Compounded over fifty years. Time. Stop! You see, <laughs> that's eighty seven thousand dollars you're missing out. You to park that number for someone in Mumbai to call you to give you a credit card interest rate. Do you know why Bob likes you so much? Because he plays this bullshit game too. <laughs> The two of you do this thing. So I sat down and I said, I want to go over the, I want to go over our subscriptions and all this stuff. 
and he goes <laughs> right like. Well, he knows it sets you off. Well, and then like he'll shut it all down by saying, "What about your gym?" Yeah, there you go. And I'm like, I, the, I, I said, I don't question the money I spend on health and fitness. He goes, why not? He goes, you know, because he goes Walk around the block. Because I like being healthy and fit watching TV. <laughs> hey, I do have a question though. Yeah. So this Apple TV that came out, how's that different than the Apple box you have with the Apple TV? So it's, this is Apple streaming. Oh, 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 no, no. So Apple TV is the hardware, and Apple Plus is yeah, the what streaming. is that? It's a service. It's another. It's so another. Can content. you get it through the through the Apple? TV we have? Since you just bought a new iPhone and you have a new iMac or a new Mac, you can get a free or a new iPad, you get a free subscription for a year. How do I do that? Um, I, I think you up. actually have to just go to your Apple, your uh, iTunes account. But so There's not much on so you there. You don't get the same stuff that you would at Apple TV. So the little box that you have that's- Well, like Apple TV as the device, you can get Prime, Hulu, it's all the apps. Right. So Apple Plus is an app, a streaming app, and they have their own content, and they hired studios and producers to create shows for them. You get confused, I get confused. You don't well, get confused. I got Disney Plus to start watching a show that I was talking to Steve about called The Mandalorian, and I'm really- that? In, it's a Star Wars live action show, the first they've ever done. It's really well done. I'm super happy with it. It's surprisingly good, well-written, well-produced. I mean, they're spending millions on this thing like, a, like it was a movie, but- Everything else on Disney Plus is movies we've seen as kids, Star Wars, and the Marvel movies, which I don't really care about. Um, so I'm wondering, like, okay, six ninety nine a month. I'm not going to keep this. I'll watch The Mandalorian and hit the cancel and thing. Yeah. And that reminds me of going back to Deep Discount. I'd rather spend the money on packaged media because it's a buy once, right? Like if I bought The Mandalorian as a series, maybe it was 14 or 16 bucks. I watch it, I enjoy it, I could pass that on to somebody, and I'm not spending six ninety nine a month. That's my problem with the streaming music services too. Yeah, because I, I I used to buy a CD or you buy a cassette or you bought an album, whatever you bought it was yours, you had it. Something happened, I could play it again. But now I feel like it's not my stuff. Well, it's not. <laughs> but I paid for it. And that's the thing. Like recently, a number of movies were withdrawn from Apple's uh, iTunes store. And customers were in a rage, like, what is, what's going on here? And it's because the studio that leased or licensed the movie to the Apple service decided it wasn't going to be in the catalog anymore, and boom, it's gone. Done. And so when people complained, everybody was like, you got to read the small print. You, you're, you bought the right to watch it as long as we have it. It's like something convoluted like that. And so, I don't know, I'm in the favor of owning the, the movie if I really want it that bad. All right. It's uh and the on the music side too. I was listening to Richard Blade on First Wave the other day, and he had this funny. He had the you and I would appreciate this. He was setting up a song. It was like a top ten in London back in nineteen. I want to say it was eighty six or eighty seven. It was a Pretender song, and he referenced the song by saying, "The shame of it is, unless you know the context of albums." Not an album, an album. Album. If you don't have an album, I'm like, I know an album. He goes, you wouldn't know that they actually, performers created albums <laughs> as an experience from start to finish, flip the disc. And he said, here's where this song sat on the album. And then he also played later on a Wham! song. And uh, when they became big, so one of their second releases never went anywhere. After they became big, they re-released one of their first things and it went up to the top three. 
only because of their name, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was just like, you know. The best album, I think, that does, or disc or whatever you want to call it, is Annie Lennox's Diva. That takes, Fantastic. That take, and it, it's perfect. Journey. It's one of those journeys. And you miss that when you buy individual songs. Could I throw in there, like, if you had to pick two other of your favorite albums that did that, I have, I think you, you nailed uh, Annie Lennox a long time ago, and, and that's a perfect what other two would you say? There's a lot of the Tears for Fears albums. Oh, which one? Um, there's actually one. I, of course, I'm going to forget Not the songs name of from it. the Big Chair. No, no, it wasn't one of the, it was one of their more obscure albums later on. Yeah, I, I think I know the cover. Raul and the King of Spain, maybe. It's but, all that. Yeah, and it, and um, it's one of those. I, I don't even think they had a hit off of it, but it certainly takes you on a on a full ride. I like that. I think the B-52's early albums were like that mm -hmm. as well. I agree. Even their even their their most popular one that had Love Shack on it, Cosmic Thing was like that. I if I listen to one track on ABC's Lexicon of Love, I might as well just be listening to it from start to finish right. because Lexicon of Love was like watching a show. Boom, every song. Well, Brian Ferry did that too. Right? Yeah, How to Be a Zillionaire, yeah, another one. Boys. OMD, I heard a couple tracks from OMD, um, Crush, their, one of their first big hits. And that album cover looked like an Edward Hopper painting. The car is parked and there's this little store thing. Again, that album, if you listen from start to finish, it's got its ups yep, and downs. And, and I thought that was really cool. So going back to this whole thing here, um, streaming, choosing our songs by... On my own media. <laughs> well... You know, uh, is Pet Shop Boys are the same way. Yeah. Like Bob loves individual albums for, for not just songs, but the whole album. You know. Yeah. No, that's that was the joy of back in the day. Well, it's we're old men. <laughs> All right. On that note, I'll just close the article on uh, that Mar from Market Watch about these streaming services. Not a bad time of year to look at what you're spending money on. Don't knock yourself over it. But just think to yourself, do I really need this? Can I save a little here? Maybe you want to spend what you save somewhere else. How, how do you like that? We could shift the savings to somewhere else. <laughs> anyway, we want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, Hawthorne for joining us here. Go to hawthorne.co, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. And if you use the code FOCUS, your first order is going to get 10% off. And we've been using the soap, the deodorant, Tim has conditioner, I use shampoo, and then we like the cologne as well. So check them out. They make a great gift as well. And a big thanks to Deep Discount for joining us here every week. It's a Cyber Week sale. We recommended I, Claudius, a classic PBS Masterpiece Theater set. And that's to complement your viewing of either the eighth season of Game of Thrones on Blu-ray, or if you're new to the series, buy the whole set on Blu-ray as well, the complete series. Thank you to Garrett, Steve, and the booth. Garrett, we like your hat as well. And we are, <laughs> Garrett put that on just for Christmas time. Christmas time. So don't text and drive, arrive alive, and we're going to see you in the new week. So thank you. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.